Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. I am joined today with my co-host, Becky. Hi, everybody. And we have a special guest today. He is a friend of ours and haven't known him for 100 years like some of our other guests, but we've known him uh, quite some time. Uh, so How did we'll, we first meet him? Uh, we don't, and why is Are we going to jump right today? into that? We we, let's give his name. <laughs> it is uh, sure. Brian Carlson. And, and let's just introduce him first. Brian is an Emmy Award winning journalist. He was born and raised in Salt Lake City. Brian got his first taste of uh, being on TV in high school and has practically done it ever since. You can see Brian weekday mornings on ABC4 Utah. Brian co-anchors the Good Morning Utah from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. He is the announcer for Good Things Utah at 9 o'clock a.m. as well. And he co-anchors the midday from 11 till noon. So Brian hopes that he can use his career and life experiences to bring joy and hope into people's daily lives. Brian graduated from BYU. He enjoys public speaking, active outdoor sports, volunteering, and many times just doing nothing. Did so, I give you too much there? You did. I, I stumbled on that nothing thing. So uh, we're going to go into that. I want to hear about the doing yeah, sometimes nothing. Sometimes doing nothing is the best thing. It's the best thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about well, where we met first. Well, first... You know, today is September 22nd. Well, actually, we're pre-recording this, but this will roll out on September 22nd, which is our anniversary. So here's your test. How many years have we been married? Oh, I thought it was our anniversary for how many years we've been doing this podcast. That's it is one. that too. One. It's one year that this an- oh. that our podcast rolled out on September 22nd. Have we been married longer than that? <laughs> slightly, uh, slightly. Yeah. I'm thinking it's uh, 34. Yeah, that's right. The memory gets a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, 34. Yeah. But a year yeah. ago today, we kind of launched our podcast. We talked about it on Good Things Utah. I remember that day. You so, guys came we in. Got, we were talking about uh, you had an interview with Jesse Miller that yes, day. Yes, did. And talking about five things to be able to improve your life. Wow. Yeah. And I we, may or may not have watched it right before I came over. But yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> and we, we uh, got to see you in action. That was fun. We were uh, there just watching you. You're just so casual. I mean, he, he just sits and talks to us like uh, we've got all the time in the world. And all of a sudden, uh, you're on, and boom, he just takes right over. I mean, leaves one conversation, moves into the next, doesn't... It's kind of a professional. Yeah, it seems like he's professional at that, yeah. Well, so. Now you put the stress on me here. <laughs> that's right. Now i got to make it sound like I know what I'm doing, <laughs> which so, I'm trying to be smoking mirrors every day when I'm on the TV. Right? <laughs> so Brian is a uh, an anchor, and that's how we got to uh, know him. He came to my house and interviewed me uh, during the short shorts thing a few years ago, and so uh, that feels like so long ago. Now, it is. It? It's it like was. four years ago, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. Four years ago, like right now. Yeah. Crazy. And that's you guys true. really, life has changed a lot for you guys since that time we met. A bunch. A yeah. bunch. Yeah. It's gone so many different directions and uh, crazy <laughs> where we've gone. So, But we've met wonderful people and we've uh, been able to have many of them on our show, and including you. So we're going to get to know you a little bit better and uh, what makes you tick. Well, I like that. You know, and I've listened to a couple of these podcasts. I'm a subscriber, you know, to Life in 22 Minutes. And 
you've had some like CEOs, you've had some authors on the show, you've had some awesome speakers, and these people are like doing amazing things with their life and for other people and for the world. And so I feel like uh, very humbled to be part of this company. Well, right? you, you fit right in. You fit right in. So we've had some great people. You are right. And, uh, and we try to bring people that will bring, add value. Um, but they aren't necessarily a super big wigs. They're just uh, normal people who are making a difference in life. And so we know that that's the same desire you have. And, uh, and we'd like to hear more of your story and where you're wanting to go and what you're trying to do and accomplish. Well, I mean, right now I'm doing the whole TV thing. And that's always been something as a kid I wanted to do. I remember being in high school and watching some of my competitors who are still on TV here in Salt Lake. And I think, oh, that'd be a lot of fun. That job would be a lot of fun. And then uh, went to school. Started working on doing something like that, started to look into it, and I was on TV in high school, found out to be able, there's a way to be on the air here in Salt Lake, and that got my mm-hmm. whistle wet. Whistle wet. Yeah. And uh, went to school at BYU, started going into broadcast journalism, and then it's been all just kind of gravy since then, thinking, okay, here I am. Now I'm actually doing the job that I was thinking about doing in high school. You know, the right. people I was watching, now I'm their competition. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and and before I forget, I wanted to ask you a question along those same lines. How many times do people just come up to you and say, you look familiar, do I know you somewhere? That happens, you know, most often, at least now lately, people just kind of stare at me and they won't <laughs> figure out where it's from. In fact, the weirdest one I've ever had was when I was a couple of years ago back in Walmart. I'm in doing some grocery shopping. I'm in the milk section and this guy's just looking at me. And he, it wasn't like, you know, just kind of a glance. He was like staring me down and I'm like, uh, can I help you? He goes, you look thinner. And I go, excuse me? He goes, you're the guy from TV, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, you look thinner. Uh, in person or on TV? He goes, in person. And I go, uh, thanks for watching. <laughs> and they just walked away. <laughs> that was it. I'm like, well, all the weird things. That was one of the first times I got recognized with this guy. He's like, the first things out of his mouth, you look thinner. You look thinner. <laughs> and I've got a couple more of those since then. Apparently, the, uh, the TV adds 10 pounds. They say it adds 10 pounds. Yeah, anyway. I guess it helps with like shoulder pads and the suit and the whole thing That's like right. that. You yeah. look more buff than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always dress nice. You always have uh, nice suits. You get custom suits. You look sharp. Well, I had a girlfriend tell me once, she goes, you look great, but you look like you're wearing your dad's clothes. <laughs> oh, wow. So that kind of set me on a path to like, okay, what is this whole thing where you have to like get a suit that's made for you? You know? Right. Anyway, and now I'm all stuck on it. Now I can't get off the train. You know, uh, that's cool. Well, you have a message that you, besides just being a news anchor and and all that kind of fun stuff, you want to be a I don't know a changing force in some direction to give people direction, to give them hope, to give them inspire them. What, what, what's that message? I don't know. It sounds kind of weird because I mention this and people always kind of don't know what I'm talking about. But the message that I have, at least from my life experience, has been like the answer is always yes. And if someone tells you no, they're lying to you. Hmm. And so what I mean by that is if you have some kind of goal, you have some kind of dream, and you want to accomplish that goal, the answer is always yes. And if someone tells you no, they're lying to you. So if you want to be able to own your own record store or if you want to be able to own a flower shop or you want to be a professional musician or you want to be able to be a homeowner for the first time, whatever it is that goal is, you can do that. You know, The trick is to be able to ignore the people who are telling you no and focus on the people who are telling you yes and figure out how to be able to start believing in yourself, never give up, and make those no's turn into a yes. Sounds like a voice of experience. Well, I've had a lot of times people have told me no, right? I mean, I, before I got into the news, there was a little brief period before I started in this business. I was doing door-to-door sales for 
a couple of years during the mm-hmm. summers at BYU. And to be able to make five sales in a day, we had to knock probably 60 to 70 doors. You know, you're doing the math there. We got right. told no at least 55 to 65 times a day. So you had to learn, it's like, geez, man, everyone's telling me no. And you kind of start to think, man, I can't do this. I'm never going to be any good. And then one day you make your first sale and you're like, Someone actually bought something from me. And you kind of learn, okay, okay, what did I do good here? What did I do good there? And so you become a student of yourself. And that's what I had to do is that situations like that and other times when I was told I was never going to be a, a news anchor on TV, I was never good enough to play football in high school, any of these types of things. I've been told no so many times. And I thought, you know, okay, what, how, how can I do this? I know I'm good enough because when I was a kid, my dad said, Bri, you're the best. And I go, mm-hmm. okay. And I believed him. You know, so ever since then, you know, dad's responsible for the massive ego that I've got, right, right? right? And so in all these times when people have told me no, I was like, okay, I don't believe you. Okay, so what do I have to do to figure out how to turn this no into a yes? And then slowly you kind of learn, okay, when I do this, when I'm at the door, I should try this instead. Oh, my gosh, that works. And then you slowly start to piece together this kind of narrative that when you can make a sale. And then the same type of thing happens when someone tells me you're not good enough to be on TV. You kind of start to figure, okay, well... What can I do here? What can I do there? And then slowly it takes some time right, right. to figure it out. You can turn the direction of your life around. And that's really what I think is what I hope people can get out of my life experience is that because so many people have told me no so many times that, that I don't have to be able to sit there and take it. I know who I am. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm meant to be. And it's more than what people are telling me. I just have to figure out how to get there. Right. You know, when somebody more credible says something, how do you get through those? That's a tough one, right? Because we respect people like that who are in these positions of authority. And uh, you want to believe what they have to say because they obviously they have experience. They know what they're talking about. At least you think they do. And so I had a news director a couple years ago tell me, you're not good enough to be a news anchor, right? You're good. We hired you, right? You're a great reporter, but you're never going to be on the desk. And I don't know if you guys know what the term gravitas means. Have you heard that word? No. I have not. I never heard it before he mentioned it to me either because you don't have it. And, you know, a news anchor needs a certain kind of uh, gravitas, <laughs> right? And I'm like, gravitas? I start looking it up in the dictionary after I get done talking to him. I go, oh, it's kind of like this kind of commanding presence, you know, that demands respect, you know, and just kind of like right. you just want to listen to him. He goes... So, so I, he, he said, I didn't have that. I was like, oh, yeah? Well, I'll show you who doesn't have the, uh, what was it again? Gravitas, yeah. right? <laughs> so I, so I, in that particular situation, I don't know how you do this for every situation, but I said, okay, let me just kind of start working on it. And so I would take the weekends and come in on my own time on Saturdays, bribe the rest of the news crew with donuts uh, and, uh, and say, okay, will you guys stick around after the mid-evening newscast and just let me read on the teleprompter you know, a couple of times so I can get a hang of it. We'll tape it. I'll show it to my boss and just kind of see what he says. So we did that for two or three or four or five times, whatever it was. And I go back to the assistant news director and say, okay, what do you think? And they say, okay, you're doing good here. You're not doing so good there. Try this, do that. Fix this, do that. And so after, you know, trial and error for a couple of times, you know, the last time they said, I think you've got it down pretty good. I think we'll let you fill in. So a couple wow. months later when the next anchor was sick, they let me fill in. And then that became the regular fill-in. And then, you know, months go by and then all of a sudden, because I was the regular filling guy, was the first person they thought of when an opening came up on the anchor desk. They said, well, okay, why don't we give it to him? Right? People know him already. And so slowly but surely, the guy who told me that I couldn't do it, fast forward to a couple of years later, and now I'm the guy who's on the desk. 
And that's wow. kind of how it started for me here today. Was your first word across the teleprompter gravitas? <laughs> yeah. Good morning. I'm Brian Carlson. In your gravitas today. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah, I would throw that right out there. Yeah, but I don't know what the, the answer is for people who are in those kind of situations necessarily. I mean, everyone's got someone who's telling them, look, you've got a boss you respect. Maybe it's a mentor who's telling you you can't do something. And that was what it was like for me. I really respect our news director. I mean, he was smart enough. He hired me, right? right so right. they start wow. from there. Is he, is he still the news director? Well, he's not. The, he's the news director somewhere, not, not at our the, station. Not at your station. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I think maybe that's the thing is like taking whatever it is someone tells you, regardless of who they are or no matter how much you respect them, and you have to learn of what you think of yourself and not let someone else place their value on you. Right, right. Becky's got some questions too. I can see her wheel spinning. Sure. What would you like people to know about you that they don't see Brian on the news? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think if I were to kind of be have like a heart to heart with people, you know, I'd say like I'd want you to know that I'm really trying to improve my life every day, trying to become a more well rounded person and bring some joy and and life. You know, I hope I can help you if you're facing the same situation I was to be able to learn how to be able to get the job you want you know, or be the person you want to be, you know, and hopefully we can do it together and laugh and have fun and, and all that. And, and so I'm, that's my goal and how I do it, maybe a little bit on the news, maybe a little bit with things like this, but that's hopefully, that's my goal for every day. Right, right. And, and you said laugh. How, how many times have you got the giggles and couldn't stop and they had to just move on to somebody else? <laughs> we had, well... Fortunately, I do a couple of shows, and they're different from each other. And one of them is a, a talk show with the, you guys were on, on Good Things Utah, mm-hmm. and it's a women's show. And um, there's a lot of laughter. You can allow a lot of laughter there. Right. On the news, it's a little more stuffy. You can't right. do it. But I remember this was just a week ago. My mom's going to hate this. But the, uh, <laughs> the girl who you interviewed you guys a year ago, Jesse Miller, was bringing up a topic on Good Things about the things that you probably shouldn't buy at the dollar store. And so she had a list of things that according to some survey that you shouldn't buy, things like batteries or things that plug in or whatever the case may be. And so she says, Brian, what do you think you wouldn't buy at the grocery store? What do you think is probably the biggest thing you, should, you shouldn't get? And I had this idea pop in my head. I go, I can't say this. I can't. I just can't. So my thought was, you can't buy a condom yeah. at the dollar store. I mean, all things you want to make sure it works. You can see the wheels turning in my head. And I look, sit next to Nisha DeGaring, who's one of the other co-hosts on the show. And you just see her start to get the giggles, right? And then when she starts laughing, I start laughing. And we both lost it. And Jesse's trying to go through the rest of the list and try to show people what's going on. And we just, you couldn't hold it back. We just lost it. Yeah. We couldn't hold on to it. That's, that's good. What are some of your favorite shows that you've reported on? Besides the short shorts. Besides, Besides yeah. obviously that's Besides number one. Us, clearly, number clearly one. that's number yes. one. No, I remember coming to your house, and uh, first of all, you had all these antlers all over the wall. This is the old place. That's true. You know, and uh, I was just amazed at uh, how there was, there was a lot of people kind of coming in and out. You know, there was, I think you guys had just finished up some big youth activity at your house. It just amazed me to kind of see how many plates you guys had spinning in the air, you oh. know, and how, well, how successful you were. At keeping them spinning. Because <laughs> after me, you're like, okay, we have to go in on Good Morning America coming up here. And then we got the Today Show tomorrow. And just like, man, these guys, they're living the life over here. <laughs> right? So that was, that was a fun story. And obviously, I've made great friendships with you guys since right, then. Right. But one of my favorite stories 
was I like I'm a, an adrenaline junkie just a little bit. And uh, one of my favorite stories is I got to work with Jazz Bear one day where we got to do all the same stunts together. Wow. So he took me to one day, like the whole day we kind of hung out and he showed me how to go take the sled down the stairs, take the bike down the stairs. You actually did it? Yeah, so, so I did So dangerous. It. Yeah. Oh, wow. Scared me to death, right? <laughs> wow. That bike, because I mean, you have, you're only like an inch or two away from the handlebars of the seats and then the railing yeah. down the stairs there. So, and if you hit, you, yeah, crash, you crash, right? And then the sled the same way. But uh, so we practiced doing those a couple of times, which turned out to be a ton of fun, right. by the way. And then we performed together in costume at the game later that night. Wow. So he was Bear. And then because the Jazz owned the bees, I was Bumble the Bee. Oh, really? <laughs> and that's awesome. I kind of stepped into that super world. Super cool. So that was kind of fun. You make mascot friends, and we, you know, sometimes we've gotten together. You know, there's the, you guys live pretty close to the Lehigh High School. Right. Yeah, the mascot bulls. And the mascot bulls mm-hmm. yeah. a couple years. So yep. I've been a couple mascots since then. For oh, that really? Bowl. Yeah. You've done that. Yeah. So you never know. Oh, so they didn't send their mascots. They just sent uni- or costumes. And- one of them. I'll say one of them. Yeah. You know, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, don't, yeah we don't want to spoil it. Right, you don't want to spoil it for everybody else. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that was a really fun time. I mean, I love the idea that you can get a chance to, and this is what I like about it, and what I like to, that I can give to people is that I got, I wanted to pull back the curtain from something that nobody else gets to see. You know, mm. what's it like to be able to kind of hang out with the mascot all right. day long? Right. And what's it like to do that? You know, and so you got to see from my firsthand perspective what that was like and kind of pull back the curtain for everybody else at home. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. And I got to build a chance to show that to everybody else. And you take the head off. I mean, it's a sweaty mess under there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you're a personable guy and you like to talk. So what was that like being a mascot and not being able to say anything? Don't, mascots don't talk, right? No. No, you don't. Because you don't want to give anything away. You, know? right. you have to kind of learn how to be able to use your body. And there's, like a, there's two types of mascots. There's the athletic mascot, which is bear. And then there's the kind of the silly kind of goofy mascot, which is like we have as bee, which mm-hmm. was me. Right. I learned that you can use the stinger to come up behind oh. people and uh, <laughs> kind of sting them, you know, kind of thing. And then you kind of act surprised. Your hands go up, all those kinds of things. So on one hand, I have stories like that that I love doing that were so much fun. And then on the other hand, uh, there was a time I went and bought drugs undercover. Mm. That was the story I won an Emmy for. We filmed the whole thing. Like in 2011, cops were trying to crack down on spice being sold oh, right, here in Utah. Right. So we were working with them to find some of these guys who were selling it under the table. And so I thought, okay, let's see if we can get somebody to sell it to us. So we did. Wow. You know? Wow. I had my phone, my cell phone, pretending like I was on a call, and then flipped it around so you could see, like, the camera pointing at the person mm-hmm. selling it to me. And I go, uh, hey, I'm just over here at the gas station here. Hold on one sec. Hey, do you guys have any potpourri? You know, kind of thing. And then I turned the phone around. I'm filming the conversation. Right. And after five or six tries, we got someone to buy to me or someone to sell Selfie. to me. And so we got the whole thing on tape. Uh, we tested it out at the drug lab for the state. And sure enough, it came back as the illegal drugs. And then a couple months later, we went back with the police investigators. Oh, guns blazing the whole thing. They went in and raided the place and pulled out all the other drugs and all the other stuff they were selling under the table. You know, they, we took them to court. And then we filmed that whole experience about three or four months long. Wow. And it was my undercover drug buy investigation. So that's one of my favorites, As a news too. guy. Yeah, as a news wow. guy. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Your mother probably doesn't like to hear that story either. Yeah, between... Kind of, those kind of stories scare her. Right, between the going, taking my life into my own hands, taking mm-hmm. sleds down the stairs, yep. right. you know, <laughs> talking about condoms on the air, and then going and buying drugs undercover. I make mom sweat every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> she, she's going to be You've nervous. You've given her yeah. some gray hairs. <laughs> no, but I love mom. Uh, mom's here in Salt Lake City, and I love having my family being around here. 
really uh, kind of share awesome. this experience Because you weren't with. always here in Utah. No, there was about three years when I went up and did the news in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where I got my career started. Making, yeah. you'll never guess how much money they offered us that first job. Um, Take a guess. The that, first, my first yeah. yearly salary as a newscaster. Um, I would think that the minimum would be sixty grand. No, go way lower. Really? Way lower. I don't know. Twenty. Oh my! Eighteen thousand dollars no a way. year. Really? Yeah. That, that would, I mean, I was going to the ridiculous stages. Yeah, right. No, it's eight, below that. Wow. And the wow. first one of the job offers I got, it took me about a year before I got my first job. The first one of the first offers I got was for thirteen thousand dollars in Grand Junction, Colorado. A Whoa. year. A year. Yeah. 13000 So right. they expect that being your side job and, and getting a main job, except to put all your focus in as if that's your right. main job. That's right? like disc jockey wages. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> thinks that whoever is on the air, that they're just wealthy, that they've got these huge contracts. Right. Eventually, you start making more money. Well, he does right. now. Right. You know, yeah. We do better now. But at the time, I mean, you're like, I remember talking to that news director who was offering me that job. And it was, she says, yeah, a lot of the reporters have, uh, they wait tables, you know, during the mm-hmm. weekend or something like that. I go, oh, I can't believe this. This is crazy. Yeah. And I just made a ton of money doing door-to-door sales the summer right. before. So I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> you know. What would be your ideal job? Um, I don't know if I like to admit this, but I would love to do like a game show or a talk show. I guess we're doing one today, we're aren't we? We're doing one today. Yeah. yeah. I want to have your job. That's hey, what I want to do. This is my ideal job. I want to have life in 22 minutes with Scott and Becky. <laughs> <laughs> but I always thought that'd be kind of fun. As a kid, I grew up watching uh, reruns of Johnny Carson mm-hmm. and uh, The Price is Right. I watched the original ones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you were there and then rewind the clock. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought that'd be a lot of fun. So when I was thinking about going into news, I started watching other TV shows where people were on the air, and I thought, okay, that'd be a fun way to get into this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. eventually, my, my five-year plan, my 10-year plan is to have my own show. Oh, that's cool. What kind of show? I don't know. You know? Wow. But, but I'm inspired by you guys. I mean, you came up with this no. show on your own, yeah. right? right. <laughs> yeah. We're, so Steve Harvey, he's your man? Yeah, he's my man. As long as you get the name of the pageant winner right, I think yeah. Steve Harvey's <laughs> a good guy. <laughs> right? And I've done a couple of those. I've hosted Miss Utah. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of times. I'm uh, hosting Miss Tooele County oh, uh, nice. in a couple of weeks. Be- I just, Becky grew up in a little part of her time in Tooele. She went to part of that senior Tooele class County president County. in oh, 1981 nice. in ago. Tooele. <laughs> so you, uh, were you the queen, your first attendant? I was not the queen. I was the first attendant, yes. Nice. But I could see it. I could see like the pageant in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. She lit up when <laughs> you said that. That was not my thing. I was way out of my comfort zone. But I think that would be a lot of fun. Like my whole goal is kind of the way to give back to people. You know, and I like to do it through entertainment, you know, mm-hmm. information and entertainment. I can help serve you as a newscaster by giving you information you need to know or like to know about how to start your morning. And then, hey, if we're having fun while we're doing it, that's a bonus, you know, kind of right. thing. And that's kind of my, my thought process. Maybe that lends to a game show or talk show. I don't know. There you go. Well, we want to see you get settled. You know, I mean, you're doing a great job where you're at, but we want to see you rise to new occasions. But the reason I want to see you settled is you need to find that special young lady that she's looking for you right now. <laughs> you mean she? is mean Becky's looking for me? Are you doing some dirty work for me? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> that special young lady. Your, your next, uh, next uh, your, your wife. I've tried to line you up with a few yeah. people. I figured we'd get into this, didn't we? Well, yeah, well. We, we, are, we are getting there. So uh, so tell us, uh, you're not married. No. You're, married. you're a very available um, bachelor who's broken a lot of hearts. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think, you know, it's really for me, and the, 
I have no problem talking about this kind of thing because I, in the same respect where I've learned about how to turn no's into yeses, on a completely other kind of side of the coin, I've learned, I guess maybe the, the way this relates is that when you learn how to become a better version of you, for whether it's business or kind of your life goals, one of the things I think is included in there is being a student of yourself. You have to be a student of yourself. So the same respect goes for like with the dating world. And for me as a kid, you, know, you go rewind the clock here. My dad told me I was the best and I believed him, right? So I had a big ego as a kid. And that didn't really serve me too well in the dating world, you know, growing <laughs> up as a kid. You know, you always think you're Mr. Hotshot or whatever the case is. And so um, door-to-door sales, you can learn how to speak and get along and kind of get your way, you know, kind of thing. And so uh, I became very selfish and very self-centered. And I had to learn, okay, when – even though as a, as a BYU student, you know, everybody at BYU gets married. If you don't right. get married, they give you back your degree or whatever. You get a <laughs> refund, right? That's the joke. But uh, so I had those same goals at the time, but I didn't – I couldn't figure out what I was doing that, that – what I wasn't doing right to be able to make that happen. And, you know, at the time I was really dating people for like six weeks and that was it and calling it quits, you know. And that's not how you – that's not how you build a relationship, you know. Right. So I had to learn the value of of investing into a relationship, really just kind of, okay, I'm going to go two feet in here, right? I had to learn that how important that is. And then through another relationship after I went two feet in, I had to learn through failure and, you know, a lot of heartache and crying that, oh, you actually have to be vulnerable and tell someone how you feel, <laughs> right? And then you, I had to, another relationship, I had to learn how to sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. And then you learn how to be able to connect with another human being and just learn how to fall in, let, allow yourself to fall in love so... I've had a lot of these situations where I was so focused on me in the beginning and I realized I had to open my mind, be more open to the idea that I needed some work to do. I had to start being a student of myself. Student of yourself. I love that. And, uh, and I kind of had to learn the hard way that these are values important to being able to have a successful, happy marriage. Like I'm sure you guys met, right? And then, uh, there's something about it that clicked. You had that spark. But then you had to learn how to be able to make those connections and keep it going. Well, that, that's true because we, when we met, we were—I was ten Elementary and she was school. eight. <laughs> and then, uh, right. but there was just no like you're saying that spark and that click and all that. Annoying big brother. But then years and years later, when we reunited, it was like wow, there was that spark, you know. And then you've got to be careful because that spark will go away just as fast as it as it came if you're not careful, you know, and if you're not. You know, again, if you're focused on yourself right. instead of focused on the other. And, right. and that, those times come and go, you know. And so, yeah, great, great advice. So, but, I mean, what did you guys do? And that, in your situation where you kind of had that first little bump in the road, how did you kind of figure out how to move forward? We're still figuring it out. <laughs> that bump in the road didn't come until after we had sealed the deal. We were married. So yeah, I was like, we, you we, know know, what? we We hear people that are dating. They're like, oh, we, we, st- we argue so much. I thought, like, serious? You never <laughs> argue when you're dating, you know? We, we didn't argue till after. But anyway. No, we uh, just have always those, been committed and just know you just you work through you things. You work through it. Communication yeah. is key. And, and, yeah. and to marry somebody very understanding and very... Um, Forgiving. Yeah, forgiving. That's the word. Yes. Thank you, Becky. <laughs> what, now, what people who are watching or listening on this podcast don't realize is they're looking at each other right now. You know, they've got that kind of gleam in their eye like, what's the right Smile, thing to say? Like, I don't want to say it wrong because I'm going to be right paying, paying for this the rest oh, of the day if I say this, the wrong thing. This rolls out on our anniversary. So. That's true. Yep. Yep. We love that. <laughs> no, I just, I just, uh, I mean, I don't want to be that person that bugs you about being married and all that kind of stuff. I'm just messing with you a little bit because I know that's important to you. That's why I brought it up. And so I, it's, it's just, 
it's tough when people just keep putting pressure on you. You're like, how old are you? And you're not married? You know, I mean, right. I, I'm, I'm not that guy. I don't want to be that guy. No, and I don't get that vibe from you. But, you know, when the, I definitely want people to be able to skip all the steps that I had to take to be able to learn what I had to learn. I mean, I mean, I was in college when I was, what, 20, you know, 21, right. you know, around that same time. And fast forward, you know, X amount of years later, I mean, decade plus here. And, uh, you know, it's taken me a long time to be able to learn those things that you guys already picked up on, you know, how to communicate when that first bump in the road came. And I didn't know that, you know, I had, I had a communication skills, very gregarious, outgoing, you know, somewhat uh, put together, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had zero skills when it came to actually being able to create a successful, happy, loving, caring relationship. And so right. I've learned, you know, through trial and error, you know, how to do that. But I'm hoping that somehow if someone's listening, okay, you know, be a student of yourself. Learn to be able to, how to be able to listen to the other person who you're maybe you're having a fight with. And then figure out what you can do to be a better, well-rounded person. And see what you can give to the situation as opposed to focus on what you're getting out of the situation. And you'll be surprised at how much, how much success you'll have in that new relationship. Do anyway, you, so hopefully that's why I mentioned talking no, about it so I can help get to that I, I love, No, I love that. I appreciate that point that you made. Um, but it made me come up with another question. Um, do you feel that your career – I asked you earlier about becoming emotionally involved in a story. Do you feel that, that because of your career and you're having to keep that guard up so you don't uh, start laughing or start crying in the middle of a, a, you know, your program? I mean, has that caused you to build a wall, do you think, um, with connections with people? That's a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before, but um, yeah, I think so to a degree. Because I mean, you have to. Um, there's a if you've read Les Miserables, right? Mm-hmm. The unabridged version of that. There's a story that talks about in the first 100 pages, and I'm still working on it. It's a long book, but uh, it talks about the priest. You can watch the movie in two hours. What are you <laughs> yeah, doing? Shocking, right? <laughs> Get the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> what? I, but it talks about the priest in the story and how he was. Uh, he became very poor and. He kind of felt like, yeah, a priest, you should be poor. You're working with poor people all the time. Just like a, a carpenter gets a little sawdust on him or a guy who's a coal miner gets coal dust and all that kind of soot on him when he gets done for the day. Whatever you're doing for your work should rub off on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a priest working for the poor, you should kind of become this kind of poor, humble person. And so in the news, you kind of learn to develop this kind of thick upper shell for like having your emotions so that you don't uh, have to go cry at the end of the night when you're reporting on a murder and you're talking to the family of someone who was murdered or a fire or an accident, any of these horrific things. So you do develop that upper crust mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of rubs off on you, kind of like the priest there in that right. situation. So you have to learn, or I, at least I've had to learn, when's, a good, when's an appropriate time to take that wall down and how do I do it? Right. So I guess that's true. But I haven't really thought about it before you asked me. To become vulnerable again. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why would you choose it? How do you choose between flying and being invisible? You know what I mean? Or I don't know. That's tough. That's really tough for like superhuman strength. Have you ever had a dream where you're flying? Oh, yeah. Man, isn't that the coolest thing? Yeah. Yeah, In the dream, you just kind of feel like, man, why haven't I been doing this earlier? This is just so easy. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, that's what I do. Because, I mean, you could say, first of all, you think you save on air travel right, right all the time. <laughs> but it's cold up there. Right, sure. Well, you just might wear some thermals or something yeah, like that, go. or just go faster. Yeah, right? There you go. But I think that'd be a lot of fun. What would you guys do? 
Oh boy, I was just sitting here thinking. My mind goes crazy when you were saying flying. I was thinking, wow, all the elk and the deer I could find from the air, you know. So I would be. It would be for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> what if you had like a superhuman smell and you could smell the deer coming? Oh man, yeah, I don't know because then there's bad times when you you'd smell some things you don't want to smell. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have my nose that sensitive. Becky, I don't know. I think flying, I do a lot of flying in my dreams. If I could speak for Becky, she would want the superpower of Mother Teresa, you know, to give beyond um, what most people can do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you guys do a good job with it. I mean, I haven't been to too many of these speaker meetings that you guys do, but I'm sure there are not many times when everyone in the room who, by the way, are all speakers, right? So it's a tough crowd to impress. Right. But all the speakers in the room, I'm sure it's, it's very rare that all those people get up and have a standing ovation for the speakers who are addressing that crowd. And that's what happened when Becky got up at the last meeting that we had. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was, that was powerful. Because yeah. you're right. You're right. These people know what deserves a standing ovation, and that was amazing. Yeah, these guys know how to be able to, you know, capture the room, you know, so to speak. Yeah. And you weren't even trying. No. You're just getting up there just and just talking from off my the heart. Yeah. Talking from her heart. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, well, we are coming to the end of this, our bonus episode. And Brian, will you leave us some parting words of wisdom and let us know how we can get in touch with you? The answer is always yes. And if anyone tells you no, they're lying to you. Yes. Can argue with that. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, how much choice do you have after I say that, right? I love it. I really do. I love that. Well, I'm all over the place. But the news, yeah. we have to be on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, the whole thing. And so if uh, you're on Instagram or Twitter, it's Brian Carlson TV. If you're on Facebook, it's Brian Carlson. Or you can go to our website there for, for work. It's goodforutah.com. And then find us on the talent bio page. You can find me really easy there. And, you know, and obviously, if you're uh, here in Utah, uh, turn us on in the morning. You know, Channel 4, you know, every morning. If you turn us on in the morning, anywhere from 5 a.m. to noon, chances are you'll bump into me. You know? Absolutely. So just yeah. leave it on. You should probably just leave Channel 4 on all the time. <laughs> Like even, That's a good practice. Even during Good Morning America, they keep coming back to you for just little bits, don't they? Yeah, like 7 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock. We have little yeah. break-ins to programming we'll do. So that's an easy place to find us. I'm easy to find. That's for sure. So it's been great having you, buddy. Uh, it's been fun. It's enjoyable to just talk to you and get to know you better and, and just listen to some of your goals and some of the things you've learned in life. So thanks again for joining us. No, I thank you for having me on. It's been an honor to be on the show. You know, with the company that you're keeping on this show, I mean, I'm I'm pulling up the rear, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, you, you can still say now to everybody, nobody can take this away. You've been on life in 22 minutes. <laughs> yep. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us, and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.